What's going on guys? My name is Jeremy Graves. I'm a level three certified CrossFit trainer and former CrossFit affiliate owner. I would like to welcome you to the Elevate Trainer Development Podcast. I've been a full-time trainer for over 10 years now and I've worked with everyone from pro athletes to 90 plus year old seniors. As a member of the CrossFit HQ training staff, I have access to some of the best coaches within our fitness industry. Join us each week as we discuss everything that leads to being a better trainer. We hope you leave educated, inspired, and most importantly, elevated to new heights. What's going on, guys? Welcome back. Um, we are finally back from a um, about a one month hiatus um, from posting our um, weekly um, development episodes, and we're finally back on track where we're going to be doing that um, back to that once a week schedule with our Saturday release. Um, so, um, hopefully, you've been able to get caught up and. And you're ready for us to be back with our, our new content. Uh, we did post a, a new episode um, called Whiteboard Wednesday, which I'll talk about in a second. Um, but um, we're happy to be back to our um, regular um, content that we, uh, we plan on putting out every week. We basically, um, I know with the COVID stuff, um, a lot of people's schedules have been messed with. You know, even mine here has been just a little up and down, on and off. I also had um, a little bit of a, a family scare with some with my you know grandparents not doing well, and it was causing me to travel and um, spend some time up there with them. So now that everything's kind of starting to normalize, um, we're looking to get everything back on track. So thanks for bearing with us, and we're really happy to be back talking with, talking with you guys about. Um, everything that goes into being a better coach. So thanks again. Super excited to be doing this again. Um, so I had mentioned that we started a segment called Whiteboard Wednesday, and uh, that was that was fun to do. So there's a couple things I want to talk about uh, as far as Whiteboard Wednesday goes. So our first one, um, we released it last week on Wednesday, of course, and it was basically a programming overview. So what I did is I video, um, I did, I did a video breakdown of me putting my template, um, for GPP programming together. So we did it, um, obviously as a podcast, but also the video is going to be released onto our new YouTube channel. So you'll be able to see the whiteboard, which will make it a lot more clear, um, as far as what's happening and how I'm writing things down. Um, so make sure you go and you subscribe to our YouTube channel, with it, which is just going to be Elevate Trainer Development, so you can see those Whiteboard Wednesday discussions and then also a lot more of the visual content that we're putting out. We'll still release it as a podcast every Wednesday, um, but if it's helpful for you to see it, then we have the videos that'll go up too. And we'll also push the videos from the YouTube channel to our Facebook page. So um, if you follow us on either one of those um, outlets, you'll get that stuff. As far as what Whiteboard Wednesday is meant to do, um, it's twofold. So obviously, we want to talk to um, coaches who are getting into programming. Um, and then it helps with a little, a little bit of clarity if you're an athlete as well. As far as 
um, the content itself. If you've been programming for a long time, then you might see that, that like there's some stuff you do a little bit different than how we talk about it through the Whiteboard Wednesday template. But it's not to say that what you're doing is wrong or what we did was right. It's just how we do it, and it's mainly supposed to be guidance for people who are getting into this. Again, provide a template, keep them honest, give them some structure, help them with this concept of variance because I, sometimes variance can be perceived as whatever you want, whenever you want, and that really cannot be it. So hopefully it's really helpful in terms of getting people started when they're putting multiple workouts together in series for people um, day after day, week after week. So um, that's what we're hoping to accomplish with Whiteboard Wednesday. Um, for example, this Wednesday, um, it won't be the whole week structure. We'll be looking at the week surrounding one day, and then we'll construct one day of programming, and we'll show you what goes into that and how it can look different and the considerations we make. Um, so again, you'll get a little bit more um, into the what and the why of specific workout construction. So, and of course, we'll release it every Wednesday. So, uh, Tuesday nights at, at midnight, it'll go up, and Wednesday, you'll be able to listen to it. So, hopefully, you guys are liking that. Today, what I wanted to talk about um, specifically is seeing and correcting faults. And specifically, um, I'm talking about movement pattern faults. Okay, so you have an athlete, you're the coach, they're moving. And something is happening that's less than ideal and you need to do two things, right? You need to see it, you need to know that it's wrong, and then you need to make a correction. Um, that's two major aspects of the job, right? Seeing a fault and then being able to fix the fault. I know a lot of times... Um, in maybe the exercise community, certainly not in our community, certainly not in the CrossFit community, um, it might be like, oh, they're not moving opt optimally. What's the big deal? We obviously see, I mean, YouTube and Instagram is just littered with people moving poorly, right? And so it's like, ah, oh, you know, people are exercising, you know, as long as they're moving, what's the big deal? Well, I mean, to us, like our whole job is based on the fact that people need to do this well, safely, and progress through it in an organized manner. Right, so when it term in terms of movement efficiency, if you're not moving well, not only are you not going to be as efficient as you could be, and you're not going to have the potential for adaptation that you would if you were doing it well, but you're also opening yourself up to injury. Right, so not moving well or committing a fault in a movement pattern makes you less efficient. Therefore, you're not going to benefit as much from the movement. And it will be harder to grow and develop and advance through that movement. But you're also opening yourself up to maybe not being able to do that anymore. Or, you know, if it's a bigger movement and a more egregious fault, maybe seriously injuring yourself. So both of those would be really bad, obviously. So when we see a fault, we want to fix it, right? And... How do we go about doing that? So uh, the this topic kind of got brought to my attention when I was working a level one with, with a team and um, one of my coworkers said something, and I'll, I'll talk about it later, but he said something that really stuck out to me. Um, and 
I want to talk um, specifically to new coaches who are getting um, eyes on athletes for basically the first time. Like you're really starting to watch people move. You're really starting to um, try to make some some corrections in their patterns and um, what are the waters you have to navigate. And, and the first thing I think you guys get caught up in is you try to see everything at one time. So we try to see so many different uh, potential faults at one time that we kind of end up seeing like you think you see everything but really what ends up happening is you, you really see nothing right so what is the process that you start to see faults and then correct faults and then move on to something else so what does that process look like how should you be um, you know evaluating those patterns and so on so that's what I want to talk about today so first things first is let's talk about seeing a fault. How do you know there's a fault? So first, you need to know what the movement is supposed to look like. And I know specifically in CrossFit, we are very, um, and by CrossFit, I don't mean the YouTube videos you may have watched. I'm talking about formal CrossFit education, formal CrossFit coaching. Right, what we subscribe to, what we adhere to, the concepts that we as a as a training program push. We're very consistent on what we're looking for, and then even in demonstration of the movements, what it needs to be, what it needs to look like when it's executed properly. So you need to see the movement when it's done well. Right? What's it supposed to look like? What are the points of performance? Any deviations from those established points of performance are going to be faults. So what you need to learn how to do is when you see the picture in your mind of it being done well, you look for execution of specific points of performance and then you'll be able to determine if a fault has occurred or not. Now. When we talk about points of performance and a picture in your mind of what the lift is supposed to be like, it's nice to have the picture in your head, <coughs> excuse me, the picture in your head of what the movement is supposed to look like. But it, it, it kind of needs to grow from there. So at the beginning of this whole process, you have a picture in your mind of maybe like the demo you saw at your level one or the video you watched or the textbook pictures, right? You have a picture in your mind of what the movement is supposed to look like. And then you're going to kind of organize athletes to replicate what you see, right? As you grow and as you advance, you're going to realize um, that the, the movement is really set up to adhere to those points of performance that are outlined, and with that being said, why that's different is people look different. People are built different. People move different. So what you need to do is set people up and have them execute a movement pattern so that they honor the points of performance, not just that they look like you saw in that book or on that video or on that demo. Because if you're just trying to do that and you're ignoring somebody's anatomy or somebody's movement patterns or somebody's individuality, you could be setting them up for, for failure, right? So 
that that'll come with time. The first thing you have to have in your mind is what is it supposed to look like? And I have here just because it's it's obviously a universal movement. Everybody does it. It's not like super controversial and that's just the deadlift. In terms of CrossFit, it's one of our nine foundational movements. And obviously it's pretty foundational and functional across all human movement. And I don't think there's any exercise program that doesn't see the value in learning how to pick up objects off the floor. And we just call it what it is, a deadlift, right? So when it comes to the deadlift, I think everybody right now can close their eyes and look at what they think a proper deadlift should look like. Right? Somebody approaches a bar sitting on the floor, they bend over, they grab the bar, they get tight and set their back, and they push through their legs and drive the bar off the ground until they're at hip and knee extension standing up tall. They put it back down. You have a picture in your head of what that should look like, right? And then we have all the things that happen when an athlete actually picks up the bar. Newer athlete, more experienced athlete with heavy weight. We, we have all those images that come to our mind. All the videos we've ever seen, anything like that, right? So what are we talking about? What are we thinking about when an athlete gets ready to do a deadlift? Well, in terms of CrossFit, we have points of performance organized when somebody gets set and moves a bar through the deadlift pattern, right? In terms of the deadlift, we know we want them to keep a neutral spine, Right, so that means when they go and get set up, we should still see a slight lumbar curve in their back, similar to the way it looks when they're standing upright. Right, so they're going to go down and they're going to get set and they're going to show enough control to maintain that neutral spine. Then, right, in terms of their feet, we know we want their feet to be relatively close together and flat on the floor, rooted through the heel, but pressure all the way up to the ball of the foot, evenly distributed across that, that platform, right? <clears throat> then we know we want the bar pulled back into contact with the shins. As they start to apply pressure into the floor, the hips and the shoulders should rise at the same time, keeping that spine in its neutral position. And the bar should be moving in a straight line. It should never deviate forward or backwards, it should say consistent in its path all the way up and all the way down. So all these things, right, the neutral spine, the weight in the heels, the straight bar path, the constant torso angle through half of the lift, and then <clears throat> the active shoulders, which helps keep the bar pulled back into position, are all of the points of performance that we talk about when we think about a proper deadlift. Okay. So if those are the points of performance and, and deviations from those are the faults, then you have to look for the specific faults, right? So for example, if I know that losing a neutral spine in the deadlift is a fault and is bad, instead of thinking about all of those points of performance, watch somebody deadlift and specifically look at their back. Look for it and wait for it. Literally like a cop at a speed trap. Right? So 
newer coaches specifically, when you're going to watch somebody do a deadlift, right? You're going to have them do five to 10 reps with an empty bar or a very minimally loaded barbell. And you're going to look for maybe one of these concepts at a time, one of these faults at a time, and then fix them in sequence, right? Uh, Oftentimes, you're going to see multiple faults at one time. So pick one of them, work with one of them until you're ready to move on. If you just have somebody deadlift and, and, for example, you only get a rep or two and you're just kind of like looking at everything, you're like looking at them and you're waiting for something to jump out at you, but you don't specifically know what you're honing in on, you're really not going to see anything. So I had I had said earlier that this concept was illustrated great at a seminar when it was Pat Barber. He was talking to the participants at a level one. And there is a drill in the level one where basically for the first time, participants are going to coach each other through a movement. And they had just been briefed on the movement. They just practiced the movement for you know half an hour themselves. And now they were going to put that movement into a workout and coach each other. And what he said was, everybody look around the room. Right? So everybody was standing up and he had everybody just kind of glance around the room. And then he said, okay, now look back at me. And he said, how many red objects did you see? And everyone just kind of had like a puzzled look on their face. Some people kind of yelled out a couple of numbers, right? And he said, okay, doesn't matter. Now, everybody look around the room again and look for red objects. Okay, stop. Look back at me. How many red objects did you see? And now everybody had some idea. Again, whether if it was exactly right or exactly wrong, it didn't matter. It just, the concept is they saw a lot more red when they were looking around the room looking for it than when they were just looking around the room seeing whatever jumped out at them. And I thought that was a great analogy to illustrate to the participants that you need to be looking for something if you're hoping to see that thing. Uh, At least you'll have a lot better chance and it'll be much more helpful if you're newer to this concept. All right, that's what I said. Like, obviously, a cop is definitely going to get somebody if he's sitting, hiding, looking for speeders. If he's just kind of driving around town hoping to see stuff, like he might see something. If someone goes flying by, it might catch his attention. But he's going to probably miss a lot more than he would see if he was sitting waiting for something. right? So it's the same sort of concept. So with that being said, if we take that idea back to the deadlift, and let's say we're going to go – we're going to have our athlete do 10 reps. And we again, we've got a PVC pipe or an empty bar. This is not a challenging task to ask a mover to move 10 times. This is just an example. Again, this doesn't obviously work out this exact way every single time. But let's say we're going to do 10 reps. And two reps each, you are going to evaluate each point of performance. Right. So when it comes to the deadlift, for the first two reps, you're literally just looking at their back position. They're down in their set. You're looking at their back. You ask them to deadlift. You're looking at their back. They reset. You're looking at their back. They deadlift. You're looking at their back. They reset. You're looking at their back. Right? Then you're looking at their feet as they do two deadlifts. Does the weight shift forward or back? 
right? Then you're looking at their torso angle when they deadlift. Do their hips come up early? Does their chest come up early? Or do they keep that constant torso angle? Does the bar move in a straight line? Or does anything that they're doing cause that bar to move out or excessively back, right? Is there good contact? Are they pulling the bar back into position? Are they right loose in their shoulders and therefore it's causing some uh, a gap between the bar and the body? So you're giving a couple of reps to each piece. If a person, uh, you know, and you might say like, well, oh, their back was good on the first two reps, but what if on the next few reps you didn't catch it? Well, this is also part of like you're helping the athlete build consistency. If I do 10 reps with an empty barbell, why wouldn't they all look pretty much the same? Right? Also, I'm getting an idea of what sticks out. So I can, if somebody's moving through, for example, 10 deadlifts, right? And I just saw two, and the back was a little soft, and I know that they're moving on to heels. What I'm doing right now is not necessarily jumping in right away. I'm just watching them move. Again, it's lightweight. This is probably when we're warming up to get moving, to get to you know get to where we're doing some heavier loading. And I'm just seeing what we need to work on that day or what we're specifically going to target to make improvement. So if I see a little bit of a soft back, if I see the weight slift, you know, shifting slightly forward, if I see some sort of torso angle um, miscue and therefore it's causing the bar to go out and around their knees and they're a little soft in their shoulders, that's pretty typical. I'm seeing a lot of things happen at one time. You're going to cue the, probably the most egregious of those issues. But because you gave specific attention to each piece, you're seeing everything that happened, right? Also, if somebody, for example, if you're a new coach and you watch someone do five deadlifts, right? Let's and you want to know if their back is rounding, you need to watch their back specifically. And yeah, if you're only okay, if you're only watching their back then they might get a little forward onto the ball of their foot at one part of the lift and you might miss it at that point. But once you have seen your athlete build consistency and keeping their neutral spine, you can now maybe look for something else. Right? And I'm not saying you have to just stare at their back for weeks. I'm saying like for a series of lifts, right? you're going to look at that point of performance to make sure you can check it off your list. And I, I would start with maybe the most important to their efficiency and their safety, right, in that specific movement pattern. And, and that, well, as far as their back position goes, that's a pretty consistent one across all movement patterns. But again, the concept is look for it and you'll see it, right? The idea of looking around the room, seeing what red object you see, and then being able to say what you saw versus just kind of looking around and seeing what you see and anything jump out to you. And then, right, being asked how many red objects did you see, you kind of like don't know, right? If, and that's where that idea of basically, if somebody were to do three deadlifts, you're kind of just, your eyes are or spasming, looking around as fast as they can to see what they can catch. 
right? And you might see something or you might see nothing and it might just be kind of like, oh, I mean, I don't know. It all kind of looked, right? It all kind of looked okay. I mean, this could be a little better. That could be a little better. But you really want to see what's going on. So just give yourself that opportunity. Look for execution. It either is there or it wasn't. And if it wasn't, right, you know to work on it. If it was but you think it can be better, right, then you can you still have something to work with. And this would be the same for every movement that we take people through. For example, like let's get a little more dynamic. If it's a clean, right, somebody's doing a, a barbell clean, then there's a couple of big things that we know are going to happen. There's a lot of things that can happen, but let's talk about a couple and we can show the same process. So when somebody's getting ready to do a clean, some things that tend to happen, right? What do people do on cleans? They pull early, right? So their elbows will bend before their hips and knees extend. Uh, they won't get full hip extension. So for example, they won't stand all the way up with power and speed before they pull their body down underneath the bar. The bar can be out and away, right? Again, so there's three main uh, like big things that happen. Again, yes, there's other things. The weight can shift forward. They're, they can lift their hips too fast. Like There's all kinds of things that can happen. <clears throat> Let's just talk about those three. So we said an athlete can pull early, an athlete can miss hip extension, and the bar can be out and away, right? So same sort of deal. Let's say I take some uh, an athlete through warm-up weight, and I'm going to ask them for six reps. And today we're really going to focus. You know, we, we're telling them in our warm-ups, we're really going to focus on keeping our arms long before we pull under the bar. So you ask for five reps, and what you're looking at is their elbow in relation to where right your your their elbow and where in the pool it starts to bend right does it start to bend as they pull their body down does it start to bend as they're standing up with the bar and now you're identifying if if it's truly happening or not and if it's a major problem or something slight that they can just a little verbal cue can fix right same thing, then maybe you go another three to five reps and you're just looking at the athlete's hip extension. Right? Do they stand all the way up before they pull under the bar? Right? Are they as tall as they can be with those arms still straight before they pull under the bar? Another three to five reps. Where is the bar in relation to their body as they go through the movement? Is it super close? Is it brushing the thighs? Is it staying tight to the body or is it out and away, six inches, eight inches, right, from the body as they're moving around the bar? So you know what you want to see, right? You have the picture in your head of what you want the lift to look like. Then you're going through a series of points of performance. So you want to see a specific thing happen when they move. So then you're going to call a series of reps looking at that aspect only. Right. Three reps, only looking at their arms. Right. And then you go through this process. And yeah, obviously, if you see uh, somebody do a, a deadlift or a clean 
and this big egregious fault jumps out at you, okay, that, that's great. All right, you have something to work with. But sometimes, like it's not going to be this big, huge, egregious thing, and they'll all be kind of like subtle flaws that come and go. And so you might just start to get into this pattern like, oh, it's good enough, or oh, it's not real bad. And then later down the road, when there's more weight on the bar, or they're tired and they've done a lot of reps, those smaller faults become bigger faults. And, that, and that's even another reason to be working on these things early, is because what seems to be like, ah, oh, you know, it's good enough when it's because it's light and early in the session. Those problems, guys, those faults become much more pronounced when an athlete is tired, when uh, the bar is really heavy. And that's when all of a sudden we've got some sort of like um, failure to complete the task or safety concerns because we didn't fix it earlier. And maybe, and again, that's not the, it's like a, a decision to fix it earlier. Maybe you didn't even see it until now, but it was happening but it really hasn't manifested into something bad until it was later in the session or again like the the, the bar got too heavy to get away with that. So um, I, I think you know that was a great when Pat said that, hey, look around the room. Okay, look back at me. How many red things did you see? And everyone was like, oh, I don't know. And he was like, okay, look around the room again. Count the red. Okay, look back at me. Everybody saw way more stuff, right? The, the more you do this, when you look at a deadlift, it'll take a few reps, but even like I think good trainers, they go through a checklist. Like let's say, okay, give me three reps. They're going to check the back right on rep one. They're going to check the torso angle on rep two. And then rep three, they're going to see the weight distribution on the athlete's foot. And then they can, at the same time, they'll kind of see where the bar is. But they kind of go through their little checklist. right? They don't just try to like zoom in and see this fuzzy picture of the whole thing. They're going to go through their little mental checklist. So I hope that was helpful, guys. Again, what we want you to do is when it comes to seeing and correcting faults, first things first is know what you want the movement to look like. right? And then if you want to take that even deeper, you have a picture in your mind of what it looks like when it's properly executed. We referenced a deadlift or a clean. And then you know the points of performance that make it look that way. You know what an athlete has to do to make them look like that picture or that example of proper execution. Then you're going to ask them to move. And you're going to ask for enough reps so that you can give attention to all of those points of performance, right, in sequence. A couple of reps to check the neutral spine, a couple of reps to check the where the weight distribution is on the feet, a couple of reps to check the bar path, a couple of reps on that torso angle, right? You're going to get to see all of that. And then from there, you can coach the, the most egregious fault, or if they were all kind of there, you can spend some time right for the first half focusing on one element and then when they've shown consistency you can move on to the next element but looking for the point of performance to be missed is a critical piece of learning how to effectively help your clients move better right and in another episode we'll get into how you would actually 
help like okay you see it so now you have to do something about it this specifically was about seeing the fault and knowing there's something that you got to do about it right but if you don't really know how to look for the fault then you're going to be in trouble right off the bat so again you're the cop sitting in a speed trap you're waiting for an athlete to round their back right if no one's driving by and you've been there for hours then you can go somewhere else right if you're watching an athlete do a deadlift and you're looking for them around their back and for 5 10 reps or for 3 you know sets they don't then you can feel pretty good that you can start to turn your attention somewhere else to make sure that's good too but look for the fault to be committed that specific fault don't just hope it jumps out at you when you're looking at for something else right not the best way to make sure you're really seeing what's happening so i hope that helps guys um, again, that was about just seeing a fault and knowing what to do once it's happened. We're excited to be back um, posting uh, uh, an episode every single week. Make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook. I've had a lot of people as the level ones have kicked back off. Um, I'm really excited that I've had a lot of people reach out to me about continuing with a um, – we've talked about uh, – this going into leading into a mentorship program and we have um, started to get that going and talk to people about signing up with us for the Elevate Trader Development Mentorship Program where basically whatever stage you're at within your coaching, we'll be able to work with you. Um, the three stages we've got set up right now are if you are an aspiring coach and we're helping you get started and talking with gyms in your local area about shadowing and mentoring. Um, if you're a new CrossFit Level 1 coach and you're looking to build volume and time under tension, we're going to give you a, a program to follow where we work with you on what to do, when to do, and how to, to go about getting experience and then you know giving you somebody to check in with to, to monitor your progress as well as watch video recorded sessions where we can see you coach and then if you have gotten your level two and now you're really looking to turn uh, yourself into a professional coach and maybe go for that level three how do you prepare what kind of work do you do to continue to grow and build your knowledge base as well as your skills working with clients real time so um, we've got a lot of questions and people reaching out to us um, in really the past like three weeks about that since i've got to see a lot more people and they find out that we're uh that we're doing this so i'm um, excited to see what this turns into uh whiteboard wednesday coming out tomorrow guys or I guess Wednesday, this will be out on Saturday. So um, you will have already seen this week's Whiteboard Wednesday, and I hope you enjoy it. Reach out to us. Um, you can email us um, at cf.cfcoach.jgraves at gmail.com. You can also uh, message us on Instagram or Facebook, and we will certainly get back to you and answer any questions that you guys have. Have a good day, guys. We'll talk to you next time.